And welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 216. And today we're going to jump into two Luigi Cozy films, an Italian director of two releases that were put out by Severin that both came out in 1989. And these films are interesting. Uh. (laughs) One of them is called Paganini's Horror and the other... The Black Cat. So... If you saw our post about it, hopefully you got a chance to see it. I'm not 100% sure if either of these are even up to watch. You can actually watch Paganini Horror on Tubi with commercials, of course, for free. So you can check it out there or you can rent it, of course, if you would like. Now, the Black Cat is going to be a little bit harder to find. It is, uh, I don't believe that it is out anywhere to watch, although you might be able to find like a copy on YouTube that somebody put up, you know, just on their own. I don't even know that you can rent it. So it's, it's also known as Demon Six, by the way, De Profundis, Mm -hmm. which there's a really interesting tie into this movie that fans of Argento are going to be pretty interested about Mm -hmm. that I didn't know before I watched this movie. So, but we'll get into that later. How have you been? What's going on with you? I'm good. I'm on Whole30 for the first month of the year. So I'm not. No horror shots. Yeah, and I'm not. (laughs) I mean, look at me. (laughs) I should be, probably. But, yeah, I'm not on it yet. (laughs) I'm proud of you, baby. Proud. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Yeah. We've been eating a lot better, actually, uh, because she has specific things that she needs to eat, and that right. usually involves meat, and I like meat. Right. Even though I was a vegetarian for a year. <laughs> for one year. Hey, I tried it. Right. I did it. I thought it was a good thing for me and to do just to show I could do it. Right. But yeah, uh, I've been watching a new show. Mm-hmm. Called 30 Coins. Oh, 30 Coins. Yeah, Esmeralda, one of our listeners, actually, and friends, of course, is uh, told us to watch it. So we were like, okay, let's check it out. Come to find out, it's a HBO Europe thing. So they, they have, you know, HBO over in Europe where they do specifically people for anywhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. And it's good quality just as much as, as you would find over here or wherever they make it. But... It's on HBO Max. It's a horror show that is directed all of the episodes, by the way. And I think he even has a part in some of the writing, uh, although I could be wrong about that. I just don't remember. But Alex mm-hmm. de Iglesia is the director. And if you've seen some of his films, he's done Witching and Bitching, The Last Circus, we a.k.a. Like the... Ballade de Trompeta. We like The Last Circus. I love The Last Circus. Good. Great. Um He's done many other films, of course, like The Day of the Beast, which just came out on 4K through 
forget who did it. Who did the 4K transfer of that? But I need to get it at some point because that's a funny comedy sort of like about a priest who teams up with a bong, like a, a pothead metalhead guy to, mm-hmm. to fight Satan. And the way that he figures he'll get close to Satan is by doing as much evil shit as he possibly can mm-hmm. and then kill him <laughs> so he can get as close as he can. It's it's right. a little more lighthearted than that, mm-hmm. but the sense of humor and everything is really weird in that. But the, the show, this is a little bit more straight laced than I've seen from some of his movies. Mm-hmm. There's always that kind of layer of sad, realistic, dark and sort of funny mm-hmm. that is blended into his work and that's kind of in here you do see that but with some of the relationships but the the, the characters and the creatures and everything like that is very horror uh-huh. he's that's got a good. really nice aesthetic about him and I think he does it well here we got like the first episode has one of the coolest creatures I've seen in a movie you should check it out if you haven't I really highly recommend it so thank you Esmeralda for recommending it to us HBO Max check it out I saw the second episode I haven't finished it yet but we'll get there right it's a show I think that I we should probably have done a right thing on keep in mind the first episode is an hour and 23 minutes they have like a 10 minute like sort of explaining what 30 coins means Mm mm-hmm for the whole season and then it's like an hour and 10 minute fucking short or movie right so pretty much yeah it does take a little while to get to the good stuff but it's a lot of character development so just hang in there and when it does you'll be like holy shit what the fuck right you're gonna be all about watching episode two so happy with that i'm excited about watching that there's a couple of things coming out here we got oh we got psycho gorman coming out on the 21st or the 22nd Mm mm-hmm which we're going to review. Okay. I don't know if I'll do it for the YouTube or I'll do it for the podcast. I kind of want to like, if I love it, I'll probably want to do it on the podcast so we can just like, I can jerk off on the podcast about it. Why can't you do both? <laughs> you know which one Not that... jerk off. I just meant, I meant. <laughs> yeah, jerk off and do the podcast <laughs> at the same time. Um, You know which movie that is, right? Yeah, I know what movie that is. Steven Kostansky, The Void. Right. And the Leprechaun newest movie. And, right. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. I think, I think we should do both. Dude, they have Biocop on the cover of this newest cover. I don't know who Biocop okay, is. Okay, there's a short I'll show you, and you should know this. Okay. About this, like, it's a faux trailer that they made for Manborg. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, about a cop who's, like, melting all the time. And so oh, they're, like, okay. he's, like, please help me. And he's, like, shut up, Biocop. Why are you always going to complain? <laughs> like, you know, stupid shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's really funny. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, kill me. <laughs> I don't know. but I'm pretty sure he's in it. I'm super excited about that because everybody's wanted a Biocop movie. Mm-hmm. Ever since they made that fake trailer, everybody wanted it. But I bet you there's just not enough. Oh, story. Yeah, to do that. Although they do have the incredible melting man, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so it's like, I don't know, maybe they could do something. Right. I don't know. I like that Stephen Kostansky is still not afraid to do silly stuff. Like, he didn't do The Void and it became successful and then was like, oh, I'm only going to be serious from now on. Right. No, he went on to do Leprechaun. And actually, I think he had worked on Leprechaun before he did The Void. Oh. And it took a while to come out or something like that. Or, I don't know, it was like around that 
time. And uh-huh. then and then he did this new comedy, The Psycho Gorman, which is just fucking looks fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited for that. I hope I know you guys are, too. I, I see you guys talking in our Do You Love Horror group on Facebook. So if you guys aren't on there, please add yourself and we'll, you know, we hang out and talk about stuff in there. Although I've been a little bit... uh preoccupied preoccupied with the top 30 that we did last week i did my- and then you just did the top eight kills yeah of 2020 that was a lot of fun to edit but i oh, i mean i was stressed out about editing it mm-hmm. because i was rushing and christina doesn't know I, what add people do when they go in the zone yes i do but i'm on a schedule <laughs> <laughs> But if you guys know and you got ADD and you got a little Ritalin in your pocket, you know what I'm talking about, man. It's probably Adderall for them, though, huh? Yeah, that would make more sense. Anyway, what were we talking about? I'm just kidding. There's oh. <laughs> another oh, ADD but, oh, joke. That was a joke? Yeah, ADD. <laughs> I thought you were r- real. <laughs> I'm good. I'm pretty convincing. We're on a schedule. Oh, yeah. And speaking of schedules, we just had... Wait. Oh, might, yeah. That's true. that time. It's almost that time, huh? I could jump right into the shots, couldn't I, Christina? But I won't. Hmm. I wonder. Schedule. Should I mention that we almost like uh, people storm the Capitol? No. Just to, no I mean, I don't want to talk not. about it, but I just want to mention it in the podcast so that, you know, when they find this, like I said, you know, hundreds of thousands of years later, they're going to be like, what's the Capitol? And who, what kind of what weather storm was there? Went to the Capitol. What happened there? That was fun. <laughs> America's just full of surprises, huh? You know, we're just a lot of fun. Like, people from outside the country have been saying, oh, man, if you watch the new season of fucking America, America <laughs> 2021 is the shit, dude. God. Oh, God. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, so enough of that shit. We've been dealing with it all fucking week anyway, so you know not right. hear none of that. That's not why they come here. <laughs> yeah, they come here for the whole to go on my fucking stupid ass fucking jokes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I think it might be that time. What time is that? Horse shots! So this week we decided to pick as we always do, one of the movies to shine a light on and uh, make a drink for. A horror shot, as we call them. They are served by none other than the finest of whores. Alice King. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Such a last name. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, it just sounds like every time we say horror shots, it sounds like we're saying whores. So if you're new here, catch up. Uh, But anyway, we got a black... The Black Cat movie that we watched this week, and we decided to make a shot based on it in the movie. And I don't want to explain this just yet because I want to kind of keep it a surprise. Um, Let it fester. But there is a character in the movie The Black Cat that is called Lavana. I think that's how you say it. It's Lavana with one N, L-E-V-A-N-A. And I thought she's one of the three mothers so we decided to make a three mothers shot. And what's in this three mother shot? Well, there's three ingredients, you dumb bitch. <laughs> oh my god! You need to calm the fuck down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Woo! I almost passed out. That was too much. <laughs> 
can't believe you. Guys, she knows it's a joke, okay? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to see what, it, what her face would be when I said that. Like, <laughs> and she was shocked. You really were. <laughs> the look in your face was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Anyway, so what is in a fucking three mothers drink? There's three, three ingredients. You gonna make it, bud? I'm sorry. It's just funny to me. So the first ingredient is uh, E&J. E&J is you're gonna put in about three fourths of a shot. Okay. Then you're going to put in about one fourth of mango tequila in there and then you're going to do a splash of cinnamon schnapps on top it's really just to kind of give it a little bit of a, a zing not you don't want to overpower it because you guys know how powerful fireball and shit like that is we're not making a fireball drink we're just putting a little fire in there for the three mothers <laughs> and alex will be doing this shot yeah she left herself out of it because she's well, I'm on whole 30 whole 30 and i gotta give a shout out to alan who gave me a really good horror shot idea oh that's right do. i saw that yeah. but I, we're just waiting for like the right movie to use i'll it. do it i'll probably like make i'll that'll probably be the one shot i puke probably <laughs> i've never puked <laughs> mike did though he i did. think patrick like did the too. first episode yeah it was kind of early was, like on, the huh? first episode anyway you guys are enough i'll drink it here hold on there it goes here i'm gonna it goes down the hatch oh he gives he gave a little bit of a but it went down nicely. It's a little bit of a party, you know, where it's like you can kind of taste a little bit of distinctness in like three different ways. Mm-hmm. But it actually kind of works. That's good. And the aftertaste gives you a little bit of that burn. So I'm feeling the three mothers pretty good right there. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Got to get some mothers in you. I mean, in three of them, too. Let's have them a, a fournage. What is this? <laughs> a oh, we need five. We get you in there, too, huh? No, I'm okay. <laughs> Well, I'm talking about the drink, not real women, you, Christina. You, you have fun there. All right, all right. Anyway, guys, if you would like to do a three mothers shot, all you have to do is go to long love. All you, <laughs> all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes of. Paganini's Horror from 1989 and The Black Cat from 1989 from Luigi Cozy right now So we're going to go ahead and kick it off with the one that came first, which is Paganini Horror. They both came out the same year, but Paganini was done first. And there's a lot of really interesting trivia on it, as you probably know who Paganini was. And we got a lot of that. So, Christina, why don't you kick it off? Members of a rock group experience violent deaths after playing a piece of music cursed by the violinist. Paganini. Paganini. Panini. I, I keep wanting to say panini. I know. Well, it's because you're thinking of panini and then... Sandwiches. Because I miss sandwiches. <laughs> I haven't had a sandwich in two weeks. Oh, my God. You you were saying you missed fucking bread, like, literally the day after you, <laughs> you had bread. <laughs> fucking Oprah over here. Fucking... <laughs> I love bread. <laughs> okay, moving on. Directed, written by Luigi Cozy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, he She's did. looking at me for approval. <laughs> I, I was. I was like, wait, I'm going to have such a hard time pronouncing all these fucking names. Okay, anyway, he's done the Black Cat, uh, Godzilla, the Eurotrash version from 1977, and then he's also done Hercules and Sinbad movies. Yeah, he's done. Those are those Hercules ones I watched mm-hmm. a lot. Plus, he did Contamination, which is a movie that I got from Arrow not too long ago, which is actually pretty good. I actually like that one. Mm-hmm. This is written by Ramondo Del Bazo. He's an Italian writer, of course, and he's also directed some Italian movies like Midnight Blue. Okay. Uh, the screenplay was written and also uh, who plays Sylvia, the homeowner in the movie, mm-hmm. is Daria Nicolotti. She recently passed away on November 26th. Mm. So she was a writer on Suspiria. The original from 1977 and 2018. I think it was for a character credit or something, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, she was also wrote Inferno. Which and, is the sequel. Right. And in, and The Black Cat. Right. And then she was an actress in Deep Red, Phenomena, and Property is No Longer a Theft. Yeah, she was the crazy mom in Phenomena, remember? Right. We recently that had, watched that. had kept her child in the basement under the water or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, the music was composed by Vince Tempera, mm-hmm. who has worked on lots of Italian films, including Black Cat, uh, The Psychic. He was also on the Kill Bill soundtrack. Nice. Uh, other actors in the movie, Jasmine Maimoni, who plays Kate. She also played Nancy in Demons. From 85, yeah. Mm-hmm. And her last movie was The Black Cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Pascal Persiano, who plays Daniel. He was in Demons 2 mm. and Voices from Beyond. Both, uh, well, Fulci film is the Voices from Beyond, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maria Cristina Mastringelli, who plays Lavinia. Uh, she was in Forever Mary and other Italian food. Italian films and movies. <laughs> Did you say food? I almost said Italian food. <laughs> oh, she All is right. so delicious. Also starring Donald Pleasance, who plays Mr. Pickett. And of course, he's Dr. Loomis. And Halloween. Yeah, all the Halloweens, and he uh, he was in the president from Escape from New York. No, not not all the Halloweens, because the new one that oh, just well, came out was like a, we call what was everybody was like calling him Loomis two, <laughs> oh, two point <laughs> except it wasn't an improvement. <laughs> he wanted to wear Michael's mask. <laughs> I feel like there was semen inside of that mask, you know? That's like, disgusting. I'm just Why saying, you... like, he's kind of weirdo. So what? That's not our business. Anyway. <laughs> Alex, what yeah. did you think of this movie? I hated it. No, I didn't hate it. Um, I just was not very pleased with it. I mean, you have to have some sort of uh, uh, element of, you know, interest in these kind of movies to want to see this kind of movie anyway. So this is for the more ardent fans of Italian cinema. It's interesting in some regards, like there's some things about it that were kind of could have been interesting, but this is nowhere near as good as I hoped it would be. It was silly, oftentimes very completely off. I enjoyed the first two acts enough, like enough to like get by mm-hmm. because there was enough things happening to kind of push me along. But by the end of the second act, the movie became apparent that it was just bad. Mm-hmm. Like I knew it was bad, but I was kind of hoping for that, you know, S big flare. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. zing. It's 
got it's got mild notes of Espig. So bad it's good if you don't know what we're talking about. It's just bad. <laughs> you know, I am I'm sorry to say, like I'm sure there's a the layer of cheese that people enjoy out there that are just, you know, bad films. Right. And um it has a story, it has a plot, everything just seems kind of lackluster. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, he's hurting me. You know, like everything just kind of feels thrown together. Mm-hmm. I am still glad I own it in my sort of, you know, never ending quest to own all Italian horror movies. Unless, you know, you're a diehard, like I said, this isn't going to be for you. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. There are some obviously bad acting spots in this and scenes in it. There's a mask man in it that we never get to see, of course. He's wearing a mask, like a literal mask. It would have been cooler if that was just his face, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're like wearing the prop mask that was in the movie. Right. So it's like, eh, it just kind of feels like a dude running around with a mask on. This ain't no Michael Myers. Right. It's a story, you know, that has obviously a lot of different context to it about the original Paganini violinist. And they turn it into this sort of like fictional world that, you know, based on him making a deal with the devil or whatever. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, isn't a bad story, but somehow ends up worse here. It has very little gore, a couple stabbing scenes with a lot of blood, mostly that, just mostly blood in particular, and a few shots of piercing skin. Uh, it does have like a couple of burn mark moments and some weird fungal infection that makes you wonder, well, like, what the fuck? Why is this even in why here? Did that, where did that come from? I found out why. Oh. So I'll okay. tell you later when we get to the extras. Um, It was just very obligatory. It didn't make any sense. But. It it does have Donald Pleasance in it, and you'd think that that would elevate the movie, but it just kind of makes it more weird, because <laughs> it's not a really good role for him, Mm-mm. and it's obviously dialed in. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Like, the way, he, how kooky he looks when he was riding in that boat yeah, is weird. That is not Donald Pleasance. Right. That's Donald Pleasance on, like, seven hits of acid in the middle of <laughs> Italy on a gondola. <laughs> it's just bad. Sorry. I love I love Donald Pleasance, but that was not a good spot. I'd give this movie a better score if it was hilarious, you know, or had that hilariously bad vibe to it. But it's I hate to say it, it's like a two point five, maybe a three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Even the biggest fans of Cozy would have a tough time scoring it much higher, in my opinion. Right. And I may be a little bit harsher on it, but, you know, I'm pretty forgiving. Mm-hmm. When it comes to these old Italian films, like I enjoy fours and fives and sixes and you know what I mean? Like right. that's fine by me. But like at this point, Phenomena was better than this, you know, and that had Donald Pleasance in it, you know? Right. Feels like in a way, and I, and I, and I respect and love Cozy. I like to collect his stuff, especially. Um, and I grew up with some of his movies too. You know, the Hercules stuff was like a big deal to me. Right. Uh, they're silly and they're actually kind of fun. Like I've watched the one of the ones uh, here not too long ago. So it kind of pains me a little bit. But I feel like in a way like, you know, as, as somewhat talented as Cozy is, and he is a mainstream director in some regards in Italy back then, I feel like he's almost like walking in the shadow of Argento. Like, totally. And I hate to say that because I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It just feels that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the way the like, movie looks. Yeah, because, like, Contamination is its own kind of movie. You, you know, they all sort of borrow from other stuff, you know, like a lot of the Italian directors and writers and stuff like that. But this just felt, 
You know, like it mm-hmm. felt original because it, there's not a movie like this, you know. Right. But it was just done like kind of, eh. you know, maybe that was just a connections thing and I'm just overthinking it. But hmm. what did you think, Christina? Oh, wouldn't you like to know, you dumb bitch? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying to come back with the jokes. It's not. Worth oh, it's, it's it I'm hurt. Not, it I'm surprised me so much. At, I'm not good at those things. <laughs> not good at a lot of things. I, I appreciate it. I think it's funny. All right. Paganini. I'll give four. it a four out of ten. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It's originality. <laughs> it's better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But no, this movie was like meh. It, you know, it, pretty much everything you said, of course. There was nothing exciting about it. It did have an interesting concept. I yeah. did like I did like how they tried to do this story. I did like the aesthetic of the movie. It had like cool, like sure, look cool. Um, it just had a cool, different idea. You don't get to see much of, you know? right? And I like the costumes, even though I, yeah, the masks were cheesy. But I don't know, I they fit into the story. But the killer didn't need to be in that weird, right? Like I feel like he should have just should have been the mask rather mm-hmm. than wearing one, yeah. right? Um, the death scenes were lacking. Mm-hmm. Didn't approve of that. It was bland. It was just bland. I did the story was just bland for for an italian film you right mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah i guess a that's film what i would over... grade it on is that that's what oh, i would yeah. i don't i grade it on a film because this that's what we watched <laughs> really well so but it was kind of like a crash i thought it was like crash and burn like you know again it started out good like the first 15 minutes and then it was just Okay. It burned the rest of the way. And for this being a film about music and the violinist and right. the, the people, the rock band, it had like no music. Like it didn't even have like a background soundtrack. And I know from the other movies we've watched of his, mm-hmm. like he usually puts like really good music in and well, this one lacked. And it was like, why is this one lacking when it, this one's about music? It, well, we're talking later 80s, so this is where it was dying down a little bit, so they were doing riskier ideas and lower well, budgets than they normally had. The crews yeah, were smaller. but his other and, movies, they, they weren't the the music aspect I'm just saying in Italy in general, like, they, 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 they started dwindling down the money because it was, like, becoming apparent that it wasn't Right. Making as much as it used to. Right. But two out of ten. Two out of ten. Yeah. Wow. So you, me too. Two out of ten. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go any. I mean, I think, you know, 2.5. I've seen so much worse, you know, like those, some of those howling movies are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I have to give it a little bit more because at least it has some structure. Right. Um, there is some pretty obligatory stuff that's thrown in that's kind of funny though. So, you know, it has some entertainment value to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in his defense, in Luigi Cosi's defense, this was a we're talking a really low budget film, mm-hmm. like more than his other ones. Mm-hmm. I got to give him that, you know. I still like Cosi. I think he's I like some of his stuff, you know. But this one, just in particular, was mm, not the not, one. Not the one. But we do have some trivia on this movie, and it is pretty fascinating. Um, even if you haven't seen this movie, I mean, it's kind of an older film, so it's kind of interesting, and I'll I'll get through it a little bit. But yeah, here's your warning. If you don't want anything spoiled, you can go to the timestamps down below and skip to the next movie where we do our spoiler-free review of The Black Cat from 1989 from Luigi Cozy. Here's your warning. All right, Cozy said that this concept came to him as early as 86. 1986 with a French-American producer named Nat Washberger who produced Star Crash, one of his other films for him. 
And apparently it was in part because Christopher Lambert or Lambert, however you want to say it, who at the time was becoming very successful and he blew up in the 90s, you know, Mm -hmm. and he was a pretty well-known actor for the most part. And the person who was producing another film with Christopher Lambert wanted him to star in a Paganini movie that was going to be a biopic. So like one of those, you know, telling of their past and their life. And like he did this, uh, Christopher Lambert did this movie called Graystroked that they thought was going to be like this big, big, big deal. And it didn't, it flopped. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, fuck this. We're not doing Paganini anymore. So what he had written, which he had turned in, you know, he said was a very fictionalized version of what Paganini, who Paganini was. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, he didn't know what to do with it anymore. So it just got shelves. And another producer named Valenti contacted him to do another contamination film, which he asked him if he had anything he had written that he could sort of rework into a new contamination movie, which is probably why we saw that obligatory fungus thing in the oh. movie. Okay. Because oh. in contamination, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. Oh, I, th- I was wondering about that. That was weird. Well, there's a lot of people popping in contamination. In fact, I think more than the, the new movie we just watched. <laughs> was it called? Uh, Spontaneous, I think it was. Oh, that's right. Where the kids all pop. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of popping in this movie, in, in that movie. So, um, but you know, they tried to do it. They were going to do it in Colombia and it didn't work out in Colombia because they couldn't get the same people that they had worked with in Colombia. So it was like, kind of like, well, what do we do? Mm-hmm. So he passed that off. And, um, I guess Carlo Mayeto joined the team to co-produce, but he couldn't get the funding and Cozy kept working with Argento until Fabrizio de Angelis. Ha ha ha. Picked up the script and he wanted to make it. So finally, after it changed hands like four times, it was like, mm-hmm. okay, let's make this movie. And that was in 1988. And they started shooting, I think it was in like September or something, and finished it in like a couple of weeks. But it had, he said it had one of the lowest budgets anyway. So, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they really made a dollar stretch on that one. So, but they got Donald Pleasance to work. And I think he said he paid him like 10K to work for one week and they only ended up shooting with him for like three days. Wow. Yeah. He's like, cool thing about, you know, these well-trained actors is you don't really have to tell them how to act. They just kind of know. And this kind of what worked out here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, you should have told Donald Pleasance he looked like a fucking crazy person on that gondola or at least gave him two hits of asses instead of seven or six, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, also, I found out about the little girl in this movie who we thought was in the next movie. Right. Her name is Giotti Cozy. Oh. She's the little girl in the beginning who, you know, kills her mom. Right. And also is Luigi Cozy's daughter. Mm-hmm. And she is in The Black Cat oh, in the next movie. Okay. Nice. As Sybil in the TV with the glowing ball thing. Right. So makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, it's if you got your daughter and you can get her in there, she was cute. She has good screen. Yeah. You know, she, like she looks, yeah. she's not a troglodyte or anything. It, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say <laughs> I don't even know what it means anymore. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, there wasn't that much more in the disc or anything mm. like that, but it was interesting to hear him talk about how. You know, like, it's just crazy how things get made, you know, right. and how far sometimes they just sit on the shelf and, you know, mm-hmm. we're seeing a movie that, that was written like 10 years ago 
Uh, you gotta rework it and make it work for today. Oh, yeah. And you know what I mean? Like it makes you think about what are they working on right now? Right. That, that's what I'm know, saying. They're gonna. Well, it's like what was that 10 movie? Ten years from now, in 2030. Everybody always talks about <clears throat> the New Mutants. Yeah. Because I kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you think about it, Cabin in the Woods got pushed back for four years. <gasps> that's right. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. a long time. And that movie was so successful. It was. It was a good movie. Yeah, I like well, that movie. A lot of people don't. I don't know why. They just don't. But we do have some scenes that we're going to talk about. I don't want to go through too, too much, but to give you kind of an idea about what this movie is about, laugh at it a little bit, because there's some pretty ridiculous shit in here. Um, do you want me to kick it off? Well, I can talk about how there's a daughter and a and a mother, and the mother's in the bathtub. Yeah, you know? couldn't see that coming from a mile away. Yeah, the daughter just... I don't know if you hung out with your mom when she was taking a bath when you were younger. I don't know. Probably. Okay, not me. I mean, my mom bathed me when I was a child, but I don't know about that age. Yeah, so she was a little bit older. So the mom's bathing, and then the daughter comes in with her dolly and puts the hair in the tub. Like, she's washing her doll's hair, you know, a little bit. And her and- mom's, like, telling her about... Oh, how her father is the famous... You're going to grow up to be a famous musician. Just like your dad Just was. Just like your dad. You got to practice. And the little girl's like, hey... It picks up a hairdryer and pretends to be like hair drying her doll. And then she just, she literally just like throws the hair dryer into the bathtub. It was like, yeah. And it was like really bad, shocking effects. Yeah, oh, it was like, like the ah, overlay. Ah, ah. <laughs> Is this scene done yet? <laughs> <laughs> Do I get paid yet? <laughs> anyway, next scene is a wannabe Bon Jovi band of You Give Love. We liter- so they were singing and we literally stopped it what two or three times to figure out what Bon Jovi song well, it was and then we, we realized singing. that what was the other song that we thought it was uh, uh, uh the prayer living on a prayer living on a prayer because they both have the boom doom 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 all Bon Jovi songs sound the same right so well I'm just it saying took, it like, took a minute to figure out which one it was <laughs> yeah I mean I don't even know which one's which when I look at them <laughs> right right goddamn white people it's <laughs> good that was another thing I had problems with. I couldn't <laughs> no. tell the, the you brunette know, girls apart. Bon Jovi was one of my first uh, bands I ever saw. Big bands. Oh, really? When I was a kid, yeah, with Extreme. Extreme? Yeah. You remember oh, Extreme? But, oh, the long br- blonde hair? Let's see. Was that them? And you'll know yeah, long blonde all hair. you'd have to do to make me Okay, we got it. Free. Thanks. We got it. <laughs> we got it. Thanks. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Can't even shine my chops anymore because no. this bitch. No, they no. You could buy the album, okay? If All you right. want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they have this fake band that's in this movie, and they're obviously in the recording studio. And this producer, who's just being completely sassy mouth, is just sitting there so displeased because she doesn't like the music. And it's she's like. <laughs> And it's like these three young rock starlets who are dressed in red singing, you know, basically the same song as Bon Jovi, You Give Love a Bad Name, but with different lyrics. Mm -hmm. And then they're, you know, they're basically recording this album and the producer says that she's like, you suck. And it's all rehashed garbage. And I'm like, she ain't wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Doug maybe giggle <laughs> <laughs> that's when the drummer meets up with dr loomis and he has a bag because it's obvious that they can't come up with a new song so he like makes a deal to like get some music 
and it's in a briefcase. And guess what the combination was on that briefcase? Was it six, six, six? <laughs> I just sound like a horse right there. Uh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, hold on just a second. Anyway, it's a scroll inside with a wax seal, an original, you know, piece of music from none other than Paganini, Niccolo Paganini, the famous violinist. Which, by the way, fun fact, this guy was the Justin Bieber of violins back in the day. <laughs> totally. Except, yeah, he's not really, Justin Bieber wasn't talented. <laughs> <laughs> As far as like playing an instrument and this guy literally played so well that people started a rumor that Paganini was basically created because the mom made a deal with the devil for him to be able to play violin as good as he did. For him to be the greatest violin player of all time. Right. Yeah. And that, holy shit, is interesting in itself. Mm -hmm. People even said when he played, and keep in mind, this kid was playing violin at like six years old or something like really well. Yeah, it was like five. I think it was 11 when he was playing in like, we're talking like orchestra, like big, big orchestras. Mm -hmm. And he was so good there and stood out so much that he started his solo career at around 11 to 15. Mm Mm-hmm. And then became addicted to alcohol, mm-hmm. and he was a male chauvinist, right. and he was like, I don't know. But- and he had syphilis. Yeah, he got syphilis, syphilis later, which they treated with mercury, by the right. way, which is like, what? And then he got- Isn't this to- how Frankenstein got made? Like the real <laughs> Frankenstein, or was it blue dye? Something like that. I don't like remember. And he, and he got, then he got tuberculosis. Tuberculosis? Tuberculosis. <laughs> The one thing that I thought was really cool is that they were talking about how the violin people, when they watched him, part of the reason that he got so famous is not just because he's really talented because he was, but rumors always start when someone like is this good. Right. Because you can't believe that someone is this good. That's like why. if you guys know like guitar and stuff, you know, how like Van Halen was like doing all these like weird picking things mm-hmm. like the, the guitarist. And it's just like. Steve Vai and all these other guys, they have different techniques and stuff that they do. And he was doing techniques that no one was doing back then at the age of like 11 and 15. Mm -hmm. He would pluck his fingers. He could play 12 notes per second. 12 fucking notes per second. Think about that for a second. Right. Per second. Right. Like, fuck. And that was like a combination of him picking with his fingers and also like strumming with his, his fingers and bow. At the same time. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? Someone even said that they saw a shadow of Satan behind him while he was playing with a tail and, like, the horns. And then people right. were like, "He t- this person told everybody, and all it did is it made everyone want to go see Paganini. Right. So they all went to see Paganini. He just got famous. Like, huge. So, I don't know. It's just interesting to think oh, about. Oh, yeah, Totally. And then to to exacerbate the story of Paganini, he was on his deathbed from, I forget what it was. He was just not a very- Yeah, he was like 54. He was just in poor health. Yeah, he was in poor health. His whole life he was he in was, poor health. He died in like 1840. Mm-hmm. He was born in like 1785 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he refused his last rites from a priest because- Because he didn't want to convince people that he was dying. Yeah, he didn't want he to didn't feel think, it. Yeah, he didn't think he was dying. So a week later he died. He's like one of those COVID and, deniers. Exactly. They, they think that they don't, they're not dying from the thing that they're dying from because they can't accept it. Exactly. So yeah. he didn't 
uh, take his last rites so he could be buried in a cemetery. In a, in a cemetery or a, a church. cemetery. No, a Don't church cemetery. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, church cemetery. All right. Satanists don't get buried at churches, okay? All right, that's all we really got to say about him, though. I just think it's a really interesting story and how this stuff starts. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, he was truly evil and couldn't be buried in the sacrificial lamb. Or, I mean, the lamb. Sac- <laughs> no, the sa- uh, what is it? Uh, graveyard. Yeah, but there's, it's called. Oh, yeah. Consecrated ground. Yeah, he was on consecrated land, whatever, which is basically holy land. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, back to the movie. So, yeah. So, this drummer gets the fucking, this lost scroll of music to teach them a new song. And in doing so, the producer likes it. They go to film this new fucking video for this new song called Paganini Horror. And it's going to be the new Michael Jackson thriller movie. I fucking hate it when movies do this. Where, so she, the, the main... Uh, lead singer she wakes up in a wedding dress and she's she's going through the house and I didn't think it was the music video because they really filmed it like that's what was going on and the killer comes out from the thing and she gets stabbed and then all of a sudden they're like cut and they I fucking hate that shit you know it's funny it's like both of these movies that we watched did that that, both of them It's like, really? You're going to do two movies with the same thing back to back like that? Right. In the creative inter- industry? like. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little too much. It's They do have a lot of dream sequences, by the oh, way, in both one. of these movies. Oh, this one? They did? I think they had a dream sequence. Oh, no, I mean, well, you're right. It was the next movie I'm getting confused with. But apparently Paganini used his bride's organs also once in this story that he made up as strings on the violin and played a masterpiece or something like that. Huh. (laughs) That's what they, this is like, you know, this is a fictional version in this movie. Right. That's the scene where we get Donald Pleasance walking around creepily with his bag of loot. His eyes are all big and he's practically licking his lips. It's, it's really weird. Like I just, it's just weird. It's, it's like so uncharacteristic of seeing Donald Pleasance. But even for the movie, like for them to have this scene where he's going up this building to Luigi Cosi said that he loved that part. He thought it was funny. I did think it was funny, but I didn't think it fit. Like, I don't understand how it it fit into the storyline. Yeah, he was like, oh, that's the funniest part in the movie is when he's throwing money off the balcony or off the top of the tower of the church or whatever. And he's like, run, fly, my demons. He was like, oh, it's so funny. And I'm like, what? What? Now, the question is, in real life, was that real money or did he throw up? No, it's fake money. I I watched it again. That's fucking bullshit. You know what? I hate it when you're walking down the street and you're like, oh shit, 20 bucks. And you go pick it up. You think this movie had that kind of money? Well, no, but they shouldn't have done it because it's just fucked up. Well, they were in Italy, so they could probably like print it out without being illegal. Think about it. Yeah, but could you imagine walking down the street because you know they didn't go pick it up? That's what I'm talking about. I don't know how the town let them do that. They're like, just like, fuck it. It's well, it's 80s, so they didn't really care. That's true. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. The next scene is they're shooting the video. And when they're done, the bassist gets punctured by a violin knife that comes out the bottom of the fucking violin. violin. Like a switchblade or something. Yeah, it's by a masked man saying he will make her pay in the only coin he accepts. Blood. Which makes no sense. (laughs) The ghost also later of that girl, of the bassist player, lures the drummer into a dark room. Rolled Pag shows up to kill off screen. 
which I was like, come on, man, show the kill. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I know. It's just like he sees cheap. this glowing fucking, uh, what was it, the, the time? Oh, yeah, the sand time the sand thing. time thing. Yeah, this hourglass. Yeah, hourglass, there it is. <laughs> but the owner of the house, played by Daria Nicoletti, mm-hmm. tells him to come quickly and takes him into a room where there's literally math problems scrawled all over the wall. They don't even address that until the very end, by the way. And then there's like a big bunch of ash on the floor in the shape of Daniel, the drummer. And then she pulls out his ring from the ash. Yeah. It's like, wasn't this Daniel's ring? And then she falls through the floor and they try to do like a human chain to pull her out of the ground. And the and the uh, the director guy who's shooting the music video gets shocked and his arms all like burning and like hands all melty. And you see this like ridiculous blue lightning and smoke and green lights start to pour out. You know, with like a weird theremin noise or something. Mm -hmm. And they all cover their ears. And this goes on for a really long time. This annoying sound. A long time. Even even for I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. we get it. Um, And then the camera spins around. And then, you know, I don't know. It's just really went on for way too long. But this is one of the funniest parts to me, though. The guitarist and the director are like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Which I I don't agree. Disagree with them. Right. And they run out of the house and drive off into, they drive their car into an invisible wall. Like it's the dome. Yeah, of electricity. Ooh, because the pags will not let him leave. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, but they don't really show what happens. You show him hit the wall and you see him kind of jump forward and then it cuts to the girls running, other girls running outside. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the dude's like hanging out of the front windshield on the hood entirely. It looks like a doll. But it is a dummy. Yeah, it's like on fire. And I just started laughing. Yeah, like, it was fun. That was kind of funny. <laughs> like they just threw a dummy on the front of the hood and just burned it. Like, what the fuck is happening? And, I, you know, it's it's because of crazy Paganini magic. <laughs> There's a bunch of, like, wandering around in this movie, too. Too much. That house, though, it totally looked like one of those houses from Cheap Old Homes on Instagram. No, Just it's saying. actually an old, uh, it was actually an old nun. Uh, oh, really? Nunnery, yeah, really. Oh, weird. Truly, it was in uh, Rome, actually. Wow. They did a lot of the shooting in Rome. They did some exterior shots in Venice mm-hmm. for, like, a couple weeks or something like that. Um, but yeah, all, it was in Rome. It was a place in Rome that takes place in Venice, technically. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was an abandoned nunnery. Wow. So. The producer had gone down in the hole to go find the singer because she fell through and they couldn't find her. And she appears in a pool somewhere where somebody else finds her. <laughs> Which and is it's, weird. It's just like everybody's warping all over the place. And you're like, what's going on? Well, they discuss how time and space have their own rules here. And then they follow a bloody pus trail up a pair, like some stairs and shit. And they find the the guitarist is all pussy and bubbling on her face and body, all kinds of weird. And and this is the funniest thing is that immediately one of them's like, oh, I've seen this before. And I'm like, oh, really? Do oh, tell. Yeah. Why didn't. Oh, I'm not going to tell anybody, though, because, you know. No, she says irrelevant. it was some sort of tree fungus or something like that. Oh, did she? I saw it in a documentary or something oh like that. And then it's like, I'm like, oh, sure you did. And the producer's like, oh, shit, guys, it's that fung. Yeah, that she was the producer was like, oh, shit, guys, it's that fungus from that documentary. And they're like, what? <laughs> anyway, I just like really. 
And that's where they were trying to get that contagion thing in there, I think, I guess. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. But the singer devises a plan, and they have to fight the monster with its own tools. Which you totally called this at the beginning of the movie. Why? What did I say? That you have to, to play the music. Oh, yeah. Play it backwards. Or, yeah, I thought that's what they were going to do. I thought they were going to play that record backwards. This is right. a message for the suckers. <laughs> So they, they have to use his music against him, and she's like, it's like a mathematical equation, like in the walls. You can make use with it. So they play the Fibonacci sequence? Like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, I don't know what's going on. Is this fucking pie? Like, <laughs> like anyway, they do, and it doesn't fucking work. Of course not. <laughs> and it's funny. They're like, is anything happening? I guess we won. And they go out and they try to t- push on the wall, and it's like, no. Nope. nope. Try again. <laughs> oh, we got to play it backwards. We got to play it backwards. So I would have done that if yeah. I had to. Yeah. But then they go back up and then doesn't she take the sheet music? And, and it she's burns. Like, hold, yeah, she's like, hold it for me. And then, yeah, it sets on fire. So they're unable to. Yeah. And Pag, Pag shows up and stuffs the singer in a, a cello case. And he's like, starts playing violin and she screams and it catches fire because, you know, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden the clock strikes 6 a.m. and light pours out a window, melting pegs into the to an ashen symbol of like a treble clef. So are they vampire? Is he a vampire? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand either, but I guess light is he's allergic to that. Well, and then she doesn't die and she walks out the front door and bam, there's Loomis. A.K.A. The Devil. Who explains to her why everything's happening. And this was pretty funny, too, because he's like, he's I'm the devil, young girl. The owner says she's killed her mother with a hairdryer like back in the day, which we saw in the very opening of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the owner's like living in her personal hell where she has to kill people off in this hell all the time. I'm like, that doesn't seem like hell. I know. It sounds like something she would <laughs> enjoy. Like yeah. yeah. Like if. If she was cool with killing her own mom, I'm sure she's pretty cool with, like, killing yeah, strangers. Yeah, hell? Right. So she's like, so the singer is like, so you have to kill anyone who comes into this house? And she's like, "He's that's right. Anyone who comes to this house is damned. And she was like, what about that new family that pulls up? And he's like, well, we might be able to salvage the young one. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> And then he's like, they can't see us because we're our, in our own time layer. Which I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, like, twisty. there's really a time layer that they're in. Yeah, too bad they didn't, like, make it a good movie. <laughs> like- <laughs> the singer's like, but I'm alive and I escaped. So I get to go. And he's like, ah, yes, my dear, you are. And you can. But I don't like people who sell their souls and stabs her. <laughs> and then it's just the owner going over, oh, hello, to the new unsuspecting family. Stupid. Uh, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. I don't know. It reads better, though, after, you know, thinking about it a little bit. Oh, you as in reading it instead of watching it? We're just, it? like, redoing it, you know what I mean, in our minds or whatever. Yeah. We got one more movie, though. We do have one more movie. Let me try that again. We got one more movie, though. That's right. We got another movie. We're going to be doing The Black Cat. Christina did the work on this, but I'm going to read it. Yes. Please. You happy I said that? Yes. So The Black Cat came out in 1989, shortly thereafter the movie we just talked about came out. It's about an actress that sees visions of a witch called Levana, 
which is, well, is that a joke? Which she's supposed to play in an upcoming horror movie and slowly begins to discover a supernatural plot against her life. This is obviously written and directed by Luigi Cozy, and it was helped by Daria Nicolotti, which we'll get into why she didn't attach her name to it, though. Oh, okay, good. But she did help write. Mm-hmm. Um, the story was loosely based off the Black Cat. At the time, they didn't have the rights to the Black Cat. By Edgar Allan Poe. Well, it was, yeah, it was supposed to be loosely based on it, but they didn't have the rights yet, so they just kind of ran with this this other story that they were going to do, and then just threw in a bunch of cats for no reason. So it really has right. nothing to do with the Edgar Allan Poe story whatsoever. Whatsoever. <laughs> Some of the actors in it are Florence Guerin, who plays Anne. She was in Too Beautiful to Die, Faceless, Scarlet Fever. You also have Urbano Barberini, plays Mark. He was in Demons, Casino Royale, Miss Arizona. And uh, he also, uh, his voice actor, sounded like someone I always hear in all these Italian movies, and I can't think of his name. But anyway, also stars Caroline Monroe, who plays Nora. She was in Maniac from 1980, Slaughter High, Faceless, The Last Horror Film, The Spy Who Loved Me. Plus, it also has Brett Halsey, who plays Leonard from Return of the Fly, 1959, The Godfather, Part 3, voice of Dr. Bolivar Trask in the X-Men in the animated series from the 90s, and Demonia. So he seemed familiar, huh? Mm-hmm. We also have Larissa Maneri, who did play Sarah. She was in the movie Body Count, which is a movie I really want to cover. Uh-huh. And Casablanca Express. Ooh. Christina, what did you think of this fine masterpiece? Well... This Italian cuisine. I don't know if you want to say masterpiece. Right. It was much better than the other movie. Okay. It was a little hard to sit through, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it did remind me a lot of the thriller video, <laughs> which I consider a positive. Which the other one and should have been, and this one not. Exactly. But they did mention the, the Michael Jackson thriller video. Oh, in the other movie. In the other movie. Yeah, they, she wanted to be like right. Michael Jackson thriller. That's all I was saying. Right. But the music was way better in this movie. Um, I like I like the story, but but overall, like the pace was slow. The pacing of it was really slow. I don't know if it was slow for me. It's just all over yeah. the place. Yeah, I don't know how there you get slow from that. There was a lot of walking in the house, roaming in the house. Well, you were also getting tired. Looking, well, yeah, I was. I just thought still. of it as confusing. It was very confusing. I didn't exactly know the people. Mm-hmm. Like, I, especially in the beginning, because, again, they started it out as a fucking movie, mm-hmm. and you didn't know that. You thought it was, like, the movie you're watching, but no, it was a movie within a movie, and then there's yeah, all it's these- it's very meta. Yeah, and then there's all these fucking dream sequences that throw you off, which Ugh. I do not like. One, okay, that's fine, but it was- oh, so Even tropey. one is tacky, but they did, like, ten. Yeah, they did a lot. It was bad. Yeah. But, I mean- I like, again, I like the aesthetic of this movie. Yeah, it's saying something that we like this one over the other one. And yeah, it had really dream is. sequences galore. Yeah, very. And there was more gore in this movie, or th- there was more killings that you could see in this movie. Yeah, it was a weird shit. Yeah. But, meh, I gave it a four out of ten. Okay. You know, it was okay. Fair enough. And again, like you said, there was just cats. Like, I don't understand. I guess they were supposed to resemble the witch or something. But. Well, I'll explain that. I get into the, okay. the trivia. But essentially, cats are like witches. 
Right. It was an Edgar Allan Poe reference that he talks about his wife uh-huh. seeing cats as witches or something like that. Oh, my God. That's so funny because I do that. Yeah. Because there's these cats that are on our they, little green way mm-hmm. thing. And I'm always like, look at those witches. They're out for the full moon. Those fucking witches. Yeah. See, that's and the. And they, they sit in a circle. No joke. That's based off of something Edgar Allan said about his wife or something in yeah. one of his things or whatever. And it's true. They talk about it in the movie, too, by the way. But uh, this movie. Oof. Man. It is uh, very elaborate for a movie that is kind of doesn't really demand too much of your attention. Like there is moments in it that does demand your attention, but the moments where they're talking, it's like kind of like you're just bored. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to explain it. Like they didn't do a bad job, but it just kind of like felt like it was just like white noise. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I had to stop it and listen to the full conversation that they had in the very beginning intently so that I could remember things <laughs> because this is not officially, but the third movie in the Suspiria Three Mothers trilogy mm-hmm. before the Mother of Tears came out. Oh. So we had already gotten Suspiria. We already got Inferno, which I liked those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mother of Tears is okay. Like, it's better than this, I think. But mm-hmm. this one is was in place before they made the Mother of Tears. So oh. there's a really interesting story that I'll get into more. But I just want to explain that for you Suspiria fans out there that you might want to take some interest in. And this is definitely one of the big reasons why I'm happy to own this one now. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it compared to, or was called Demon 6 for no reason. <laughs> and I want everything demons, by the way. Yeah, you do. But it also is connected to the, you know, the Three Mothers trilogy. So I thought that was cool, too, even though it's not officially. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some moments in it that kind of go for stuff, but I don't think it was very gory at all. Like, it's very light on the gore, heavy on the fantasy, heavy on the, like, twists. It's like constantly fucking with you, whether or not it's a dream sequence or not. And right. then at one point they just like say, oh, it's not a dream sequence. And she gets around it. And it's really weird. Confusing. Uh, it is very confusing because there's a lot of characters that are thrown in your face. You immediately get to know this witch immediately who makes herself present because in the movie they're making this movie called De Profundis, which if you know the movie Suspiria De Profundis, which is a book by Charles Baudelaire, or he mentioned it in a book, and it was actually written by Thomas De Quincey. So it is kind of like loosely like there's a real book in real life by these people. These are real authors that they mention in the book. But you would have to know Suspiria very well. You would also have to know these other writers very well. So I can see most people would be lost in this portion alone. I actually had to do a lot of research just for the 10 minute scene that they had talking about what movie they were going to be making next. So it it is very confusing. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that it's it's boring because there is things that happen in it. It's just very not action packed. Mm-hmm. It's below mediocre, you know what I mean? Just a little bit. Uh, it does some different things. I have to applaud it there, but ultimately, it's just not a great movie. It's just not a bad one either because tucked into this like fucking confusing sort of all over the place story that you're not really sure which is reality, which is the intention, by the way, because Levana is the three mothers and she's supposed to make you go crazy and go mad. 
So it makes sense, but right. it's like just silly. It's silly and weird. And then by the end, you're just like, oh, God. Like they throw it. Everything looks like someone's wearing a mask. You know what I mean? Right. Like the, Lavana looks like she's wearing a mask. And I don't know. But I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It's weird. It's like such a weird thing because like it had me in a couple of moments in the first two acts and then it lost me fully by the beginning of the third. Mm-hmm. And then it got me back by the end a little bit. So it's like. Right. Kind of one of those movies. Again, this is definitely for people who enjoy Italian cinema. And, you know, maybe for those who are looking something to kind of like make jokes out of. But this one doesn't really have a lot of like make fun of it kind of moments. It doesn't. It like it's kind of played straight. And it, and it you know, I guess you could if you wanted to be. But I it's, don't see how. I don't know. There's something about it, though, that is kind of interesting. And I think I, I in, my interest was piqued. When they started talking about Suspiria, because they actually play right. fucking Goblin score uh-huh. in the middle of them talking about it and addressing the fact that they are sort of ripping off the Argento movie. And right. it's also like Luigi Cozy, like his like sort of, hey, Argento, I'm not really trying to steal your shit. I'm just writing about two guys who wanted to. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, So it was just kind of interesting. And, you know, but. Again, not that great. I would give it a four as well. Oh, look at us. We're great on both the movies. Definitely better than the last movie. Definitely. I wouldn't say any lower than a 3.5 as far as my interest on the Italian cheesy sort of Italian scale. There's better movies for sure that I could watch no problem without any problem whatsoever. But yeah, so we do have some trivia on this. There really wasn't a whole ton. And we'll probably end up talking a little bit more about our scenes. Um, Just that we'll you know, that were caught our eye or something. Okay. Um, but if you don't want anything spoiled, you can check out the timestamps down below, go to the end of the podcast to see what we're going to be talking about next week. So if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So cozy said that both Paganini and this movie, he considers to be sci-fi films. What? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Masked as horror movies. Oh, because of the time-space thing in the Paganini. Right. And then, wait. Well, this one has psychic abilities and shit like that, too. Took me, it's bad when you got to think about it. It makes sense, but like he wanted to mask it enough to make it seem like a horror movie because that's what the producers wanted at that time. Mm -hmm. He seems like he likes sci-fi more than he does horror. Oh, totally. So you can tell that's why he kind of puts a different spin on it, which is a good and bad thing, I think. It, it, he thought it may have confused a lot of people, and I could rightfully see that, you know what I mean? Especially with how detailed it is, like with oh, all, totally. all the story plot and everything that they did. Like, it's 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 definitely a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Daria Nicolodi, who was the owner in the, pa- the Paganini horror movie. Right. And she helped write Suspiria, Inferno, and, you know... Mm-hmm. She helped write this movie, but didn't sign off on it and decided to back out of playing the lead heroine role mm-hmm. because she didn't like what he was doing with the story. She wanted mm-hmm. him to make this movie since she had worked on Suspiria and Inferno. She wanted to make this movie the third film in the Suspiria franchise. And he was like, I can't do that to Argento. 
Right. So he was like, you know, we can kind of spin it around and make it about these two guys who are looking for a script idea and they run across the, you know, Argento movie and they find a book that mentions something and mm-hmm. we can kind of do it that way. And she just was not having it. Oh, and I, I can kind of understand because, I mean, she was one of the original writers on these movies. Right. So she does have some sort of, you know, clout, Say, you yeah. know, but his name is bigger. So probably whoever worked on it. You know what I mean? Oh, because he's a man. But he didn't. I I can understand. <laughs> I'd be kind of worried about stealing his work. But in the same regard, yeah. you're kind of doing that anyway. Right. You're leeching off the shadow of Suspiria and Inferno by putting it in your movie anyway. Right. So what's the difference? Right. Why don't you just ask him and get it over with? Anyway, but apparently, yeah, she was not too thrilled about that. She backed out of doing the writing. She didn't want her name attached to it, and she also did not want to act in the movie again mm-hmm. so she left and they had to replace her and yeah just kind of pretty much it mm-hmm. i thought it was interesting though you know because i forgot that she was one of the writers on those you know right you just think you don't think about that that often you know because right. even luigi cozy is actually more of a writer than he is a director mm-hmm. believe it or not he likes writing more right so but he's just you know back then they just had all these people that you know they needed to do something with and they were like well why don't you go and make a movie you know like, right so go make some money <laughs> um but yeah we do have some scenes that we're going to talk about there was the very opening scene where two women are driving down the road and one's got a gun in the back and you're wondering what's going on yeah and i was assuming she was like in a taxi right was like her it was driver. a taxi and the person driving is the main character kate in the last movie oh yeah you yeah. can tell yeah yeah she like gets her throat cut by a guy dressed as the killer in blood and black lace from mario bava by oh. the way and then goes to attack the other girl, but then someone says, cut! And, and I'm like, like, what the fuck? And dude? then you see Michele Soavi, who is a director and had been in many movies like Demons, mm-hmm. and he's directed uh, Mort- uh, Della Morte, Della Moore, mm-hmm. as well as many other fucking movies. And he's been in everything. He has been like one of the, the guys that followed under Lumberto Bava mm-hmm. and uh, Argento and stuff like that and became his own. So he was more of the twistier version of uh, horror. Oh, okay. He liked, he liked a little and bit. And he, he was that director in this movie, which is funny. Right, which is weird. I thought that was weird. But uh, I looked it up because I was like, wait, did he ever work on Bava movies? I think he was on the set of like a Bava movie. Mm-hmm. But he was always working on Lamberto Bava with Lamberto Bava as like a second director, second oh. unit director. Oh. So... He worked on, uh, what was it? The first movie he worked with Umberto Bava on was a Blade in the Dark mm-hmm. as a second unit director. Something about this movie, um, besides all the random cats, they kept having these scenes of just, which didn't really lead up to anything really, of like this graveyard and it's smoky. Oh. And there's this hand. Well, that was where Sybil was buried. R- well, right. But they kept showing it. Like... Oh, were they referring to Sybil? Yeah, like, because... Oh, this Sybil. There was Sybil's a scene coming. in the movie, and I can't remember why, but this, it doesn't make much sense, and I'm still a little confused as to what happened in this movie, because there was a scene where this little girl keeps showing up in the TV and keeps appearing with this little green glowing ball, something that you would see out of fucking heavy metal. Do you remember the very... Oh, yeah. Do you remember yeah. the green ball that kept floating around yeah. everywhere? Yeah. She's just, like, holding it for no reason, and we don't know why... And her name is Sybil. And she's like, at one point in time, she tells Anne, she's like, I am Sybil. And I have always been inside of you. Just like Lavana has always been inside of you. 
Touch the television. That's right. Go ahead. No sense. Well, that made me that's think. when the TV explodes and, like, all these organs pour out uh-huh. with all this, like, vibrant, like, fucking slime green color, like, Nickelodeon fucking right, slime. slime color. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Right. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you have to kill your baby and shit. You have to sacrifice your baby. But the whole reason that this is happening is because the two guys who are writers who are teaming up together are working together on this story and they got it from some other thing. And just by mere presence, a mere mention of Levana means that you are asking for her Cursed. to take over your your whatever. Still made no sense. And she's very, Levana is very upset about this. You she's, will never act as me. But you need to kill your baby. Like she was like, no, don't make this movie. But you need to kill your baby. It's really confusing. Yeah. I mean, and that maybe I should take score off of it because of that. Because now that I'm thinking back, like. There is some like there is some shit that like doesn't make sense. It's like why it's like it it made more loopholes that it didn't have before. Now that I think of it, because she did say I remember somebody who she was talking to said that that if Lavana wanted to if like getting into the body of the Anne was too difficult, she would use the baby as a the thing, which why would you need her to kill the baby if that's the case? Exactly. Oh, I get it. So she, if she didn't kill the baby, she could inhabit the baby. But if she killed the baby, then she could be an adult. So it was kind of like a punishment to Levana to grow up as a child. Oh. Yeah. So you get it now? Kind of stupid. I get it. But it's, they didn't explain it well. No. Anyway, there's some rich characters in this. Like the two writers go to the producer's place to this guy named Levine. Remember that? Yeah, and he's in a wheelchair. We got Levana and Levine. First Which of all, confusing as fuck. We get to meet two couples right off the bat, and we don't even really get to know their names until literally 25 minutes into the movie. Right. And, and I'm in, so confused. Right. And again, the two brunettes look the same, and then the yeah, they kind of did. Yeah, and then the main Nora looks like her babysitter Sarah. Right. So it's like what. I just remember that one scene that, like, she comes home, and she's got a baby, she's got a newborn baby, and her husband's a writer, blah, blah, blah. She comes home, and then she sees the repairman, because the the refrigerator went on the fritz when she was having a nightmare, and shocked her and spilled out acid on the ground. So some guy's at the place fixing her fucking fridge. She signs something, goes upstairs into the baby's room, and she's like... There's a kid in there. Yeah, like named a- William... Yeah, like a 10 or 12-year-old or something. Right. And she's like, who are, uh, you? Who are you? And and she remembers that her baby, her nanny, was like talking about how she had one of her cousins that wanted to come over and was a big fan of her husband, Mark, because mm-hmm. he's a big writer and he wanted to get like some autographs and stuff like that. And she was like, oh, that's fine. And she thought it was him. So she goes in the other room. She was like, oh, your cousin, blah, blah, blah. And he, she's like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he couldn't make it. And she's like, wait, he's not here now? No. And she's like, oh, my God. Somebody's with the baby. And the music's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> she runs into the other room. And she's like, he's not in here. And the nanny's like, who are you talking about? And she's like, there was a boy in here. I swear to God, I'm not crazy. <laughs> she was like, maybe oh, that's what it is. She's probably got the repairman's son. And then the nanny's like, what repairman? And it's like, ding, 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 ding. 
And she runs downstairs and then there's no repairman. And they, it's like they're trying to, like, I almost thought that the movie was going to be about how these people were playing a prank on her. Right. And I would have liked that. But I mean, better than what it would have been. But they technically they were against her, right? Because then towards right. the end, it, it was like so. Lavania like took over the the other wife. Lavana is the witch. Oh, sorry, Lavana. Mm-hmm. So did Lavana take over the other wife and, and slept with her husband? No, I think somehow then- she was uh, con- con- contacted her to work with her because she wanted to play the part of Lavana. And so there was okay. this already natural um, jealousy built up in Nora because she's just this bad woman mm-hmm. who doesn't care if she fucks her husband, uh, her best friend Anne's husband, right. and and kills her boyfriend or husband or whatever he is. Mm-hmm. So she just wants the part. So she worked with Lavana because Lavana knew this. Right. But see, I would have rather just had that it been all these people that set her up. Right. So that he could get out of the marriage, because even at one point where Mark goes over to her house, to Nora's house, mm-hmm. and fucks her, right before they get down and fuck, he's like, oh, you know, I don't want her to tell the press that I'm, that she's crazy, because I don't want anybody to think I've, I have bad choices. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. They just, it's like weird. it almost seemed like they were just trying to make it seem like they were making her crazy so that On they purpose. that she would leave him or something. Right. It was weird. And I'm like, dude, you're a fucking scumbag. You're a fucking baby. Exactly. Like I'm like, you just had a baby. Like, do you not care about the baby? Well, no, because they have to kill it. Yeah, but I don't think he even knew about the fucking evil. He was just. An asshole. I don't know. Well, anyway. Anyway. All of these bad things with all the people that she loves in her life, something bad becomes and befalls them. Like her best friend cheats on her. Her husband cheats on her. They try to steal the baby. And then, you know, he loses the the script and he can't use the movie. And then there's um one more thing. Oh, the nanny. Oh. is the one that set her all up and she was pretending to be the little boy because she has mind psychic powers that fucking Which made no sense really it doesn't but it's kind of funny and weird she's like how did you know changes back and then have mind power battle <laughs> but it turns out that Anne is so much better than fucking her because she's got the time power and she does her little nooka 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 <laughs> and fucking disappears and reappears. She's like, I went back in time. I'm I still can't. alive. You can't kill me. Yeah, she's I'm like, better than you. Yeah. What the fuck? And she's like, Anne tells her nanny, she's like, you're scared of me because you can't kill me. And she's like, no, we can't kill each other. So that makes me very happy. And she's like, yeah, but not if it, she's like, I might not be able to kill you, but what about somebody else? And that's when her husband shows up behind her (laughs) and just jams a log of wood through her chest. (laughs) Like what? Right. And then did you catch the very end? Did you, you stay through the whole thing with the baby? Oh, yeah. And then you hear Lavania, Lavana's voice. Yeah. And then the baby's what eyes did she are glowing. Say? I don't remember. She's like, I'll return as this child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> I'll <right>. return. <laughs> oh, please don't. 
<laughs> as in the t- like please don't return so you know what like talking about it it kind of feels like it brings it down a notch but i think this is an easier movie to kind of like make fun of in a way because there's yeah. so much random shit going on random that at least there's something entertaining going on mm-hmm. and you're wondering what the fuck is going on so i mean it could be a 3.5 for me i'm just saying right more than a four right but it is definitely better by a, at least a point than the other movie Exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. It's interesting. I'm glad I own it because, again, I want to collect Demons 1 through 5 on, like, format, like DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just We just ordered, what, Demons 1 and 2 on uh-huh. 4K from fucking, I think it was, who's doing it, Arrow? I don't remember. Arrow's doing you a 4K very release. very excited, though. I am. He, 60 bucks. Well, did you wake me up? And like, oh my God, I have to get this. I no, I did I not wake you up. I cannot live without this. We need to get this right now. Where's my stimulus? Where's she didn't even, st- yeah. <laughs> she didn't even argue. She was like, yep, yeah, all right, we'll go ahead and get it. <laughs> but fine, whatever. Yeah, because I got to go to Mama to, to make sure that, that we can spend yes, money. Yes, you do. Yeah. All of my stimulus goes, goes to her. Yes. <laughs> all I want is hookers and blow, Christina. No. Okay. They're just fun police here. <laughs> anyway, guys. Yeah, so those those are the two movies this week. I know I kind of ran through the second one. I didn't want to make it too long. Um, but there is some funny stuff in there. If you have already seen it, then you kind of know. But we kind of went over the main points, I think. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about we should do next week? Oh, we should watch Shadow in the Cloud. Oh, that that's right. You out. wanted to watch that. Yeah. Okay, and then we'll add on the Hunted movie that's coming out January 14th on Shudder. Okay. And we'll do those back-to-back. That's Yes. Okay, so we'll do those, and then we'll do Psycho Gorman the week after, guys. So we may add another movie to that, or may just do the one. So we'll see. Okay. But yeah. So yeah, we'll check those out. You guys know your assignments. Get those. Check them out. Let me know what you thought of these two movies this week, if you have seen them, and if you agree or if I was too harsh, whatever. I mean, it's just an opinion. It doesn't really matter. So, uh, but I thank you guys so much for coming by this week. Make sure you check out the top eight kills that I just posted just a couple days ago. It is a pretty fun video that I think I took a long time working on. So if you get a chance, check that out. Uh, but other than that, thank you guys so much for coming by. And as always, long live the void.